Hi, everyone, and welcome to Transverse News, your weekly trans and LGBT news source here on the Transverse. First off, we have, we're going to Missouri. We're going to stick there for a couple here. On Friday, April 14th, Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey invoked an emergency order to restrict gender-affirming care for all transgender citizens of the state. Bailey posted to Twitter using false claims and ignoring medical and scientific fact, stating that Quote, gender transition interventions are experimental and have significant side effects, unquote. He then went on to suggest that proper guardrails are not in place and that the number of gender transition interventions is skyrocketing. Claims that are neither true nor substantiated in the documentation behind the order. Another false claim that we see there, um, this one's a fun one, um, that puberty suppression presents a risk of stunted growth and failure to attain normal peak bone density. That is interesting that um, he makes that false claim because puberty blockers are regularly used to help children grow taller, actually. And while the bone density issue is true, it is something that is known, it's well-documented and supplements and close bone density monitoring are part of the treatment, um, the part, part of the treatment process when using puberty blockers. Under his executive order, which goes into effect on April 27th, um, his emergency order, I'm sorry, under the order, which goes into effect on April 27th and is currently set to expire February 6th, all gender affirming care for transgender students will be banned unless um, transgender citizens, that is, will be banned unless the following conditions are met. First off, patients must undergo mental health therapy for 18 months. Any mental health comorbidities of the patient must have been treated and resolved. Patients must have experienced medically documented gender dysphoria for three consecutive years. Patients must be screened for autism and patients must be evaluated yearly for signs of suffering from what they have in here quoted as social contagion. This means that Missouri residents now have uh, 10 days to stock up on their medication and get any access they can, squeeze in any appointments they can before this goes into effect and a serious amount of undue burden is then placed upon their ability to access the care that they need. Children's Mercy Hospital in Kansas City, Missouri is suing Attorney General Andrew, ba Andrew Bailey over an investigation launched by his office, which, which they label as burdensome overreach. The lawsuit seeks to prove that a request, a request for information from Bailey's office regarding care for trans patients is a violation of HIPAA confidentiality law. The investigation by Bailey and his recent emergency order stemmed from the widely discredited claims of so-called of so whistleblower Jamie Reed, alleging widespread misconduct and malpractice within the hospital and just basically in gender-affirming care in the area. Claims um, that she made disputed by the hospital, patients, parents, and people who worked alongside Reed. One of Reed's main allegations is that minors were, quote, rushed into medical procedures without taking into account mental health and that side effects of treatments were hidden from parents, unquote. The Missouri Independent interviewed parents of former patients who pushed back on this, claiming that was not the case. They stated that any treatments were only undertaken after long consultations with doctors and mental health professionals. Often patients were told they needed to wait years before receiving treatment. Bailey's information request includes six, uh, 54 demands for information on patients and procedures performed by the hospital, an amount that a lawyer for the hospital called excessive. 
Regardless of the legal ramifications of releasing confidential patient information, the hospital claims that the attorney general has no, no jurisdiction over healthcare companies and physicians who are instead regulated by the Missouri Board of Healing Arts. They acknowledge Bailey does have authority to investigate claims of false advertising and deceptive business practices, but that the information demanded in the letter far exceeds the limitations afforded under that authority. In a bit of positive news, Washington has become the 10th state to provide refuge for trans and abortion care. Washington's bill HB 1469 protects transgender people, their family, families, and healthcare providers in several ways. It also protects abortion providers and patients who cross state lines for their care. The bill contains several provisions that ban enforcement of subpoenas if they pertain to gender affirming care or abortion, dubbed protected healthcare services in this bill. One section prevents the governor from extraditing patients who are charged with crimes relating to abortion or gender affirming care. In an interview, Senator Yasmin Trudeau stated, the purpose of this bill is to ensure that those seeking care or those providing care for reproductive and gender affirming care under the laws of our state are shielded from liability. Washington voters and this legislature have been very clear on this issue. We support the right to that access. We also support anyone who comes into this state to receive that access. With bans in place in nearby states and more in process, the state is seeing an increase in people traveling, traveling um, into the state for care, prompting Washington legislatures to introduce HB 1469. The bill provides protections from civil proceedings and bounty hunter laws like the one enacted in Texas, protection from wiretaps and disclosure of electronic records, and further guarantees protections for medical records. The bill also mandates that no arrest can be made for out-of-state gender-affirming care or abortion charges and denies out-of-state subpoenas for information and extradition out-of-state in these cases. Both New Jersey and Colorado have made similar moves to protect medical rights for Americans through law and executive orders. That brings the total, of, uh, the total up to nine states plus Washington, D.C., that now have such protections in place. The fun thing about Colorado is that Colorado Governor Jared Polis signed three bills into law which support uh, um, healthcare rights for trans people and women and make the state a safe haven for those traveling to seek care. This sent Lauren Boebert off on a two-day false claim-filled anti-trans rant. She's a representative from Colorado. Her first tweet about the state's move claimed they were, quote, passing a law legalizing the mutilation of young children, unquote. And two days later, she called gender-affirming care grooming and claimed a poll showed that the majority of Americans oppose puberty blockers. The Economist YouGov poll that she references found 53% of people oppose, quote, allowing parents to provide their transgender children with puberty-blocking drugs. A survey question that leaves out doctors entirely and doesn't address what people feel when trained medical professionals are involved. Governor Polis talked about the importance of signing the bills in a statement. Today is really about freedom, he said, standing up to protect freedoms that are under attack, sadly in many other states across the country. At the signing ceremony, Senator Julie Gonzalez said, we see you and in Colorado, we've got your back. Equality Florida has issued a warning against non-essential travel to the state. On Wednesday, Equality Florida, an LGBT advocacy group in Florida, issued a travel advisory warning that the state's policies surrounding LGBT citizens 
poses risks to health, safety, and the freedom of those considering short or long-term travel or re relocating to the state. On the Equality Florida website, Executive Director Nadine Smith said, as an organization that has spent decades working to improve Florida's reputation as a welcoming and inclusive place to live, work, and visit, it is with great sadness that we must respond to those asking if it is safe to travel to Florida or remain in the state as the laws strip away basic rights and freedoms. She continues, while losing conferences and top students who have written off Florida threatens lasting damage to our state, it is most heartbreaking to hear from parents who are selling their homes and moving. The conclusion of their memorandum dates, taken in their totality, Florida's slate of laws and policies targeting basic freedoms and rights pose a serious risk to the health and safety of those traveling to the state. We regret that these attacks have already led many to flee the state and are driving others to consider relocation. And in a state whose economy is fueled by visitors from around the world, it is with great sadness that Equality Florida has had to take the extraordinary step of responding to inquiries by issuing an official advisory warning about the risks of travel to the state. The Florida Immigrant Coalition, a statewide immigrant rights coalition, followed Equality Florida's footsteps and issued a similar advisory urging immigrants to reconsider plans to travel or move to Florida. A UK council has removed an inclusive cancer screening tweet after a transphobic outcry. Calderdale Council in West Yorkshire in the UK shared a tweet Tuesday, April 11th, stating that anyone between the ages of 25 and 64 with a cervix is eligible for free cervical cancer screening, also known as a smear test. The tweet's language was deliberate and accompanied a photo of an androgynous person in a campaign to ensure that transmasculine and non-binary people don't miss out on the crucially important diagnostic procedure. However, the council faced a swift transphobic backlash, prompting them to remove the tweet and issue an apology. This is potentially life-saving service and we'll continue to do all we can to promote it, the authority wrote. We always try our best to make the language we use in our communications as inclusive as possible. And on this occasion, we should have been clearer, it says. Trans Activism UK came to the council's defense and called the campaign's language perfect, saying the importance of the message takes priority over transphobic bullies. Accessing gynecological, sexual, and reproductive health care can be very difficult for non-binary and trans-mask individuals who face a great deal of discrimination and embarrassment in the facilities and in the waiting rooms. Campaigns like this one that specifically target them and work to dismantle stigma are crucial for the health and well-being of these members of our, our community. This is something that is extremely important for people to continue to have access to just because you transition, you grow facial hair, you look a little different, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be able to have access to this really crucial cancer screening. Donald Trump Jr. is spreading trans mafia paranoia. On his podcast, Triggered with Don Jr., Donald Trump Jr. spoke out about recent trans inclusive campaigns by Bud Light and Nike. He said, yet another major company is caving to the woke trans mafia and Nike is now using trans influencer Dylan Mulvaney as the new face of women's workout gear. You can't make it up. It's ridiculous, he says. And what's all behind this? Well, TikTok influencer Dylan Mulvaney has been getting a lot of publicity recently for her milestone in reaching 365 days of girlhood, um, a series that she does daily tracking her transition progress. 
Bud Light sent her one can with her face on it and paid her to, to do a couple um, TikTok videos promoting the beer. And then Nike sent her a sports bra and some leggings that she used in a couple posts. Most likely those were paid as well. So she is being paid for these promotions, but this claim that Bud Light and Nike are using her as the new face, the new spokesperson for the brand is vastly over-exaggerated. It's just so funny to see this get to the level of paranoia where people like Trump Jr. are claiming that the trans mafia is now controlling everything. He says, it's like the trans mafia has kidnapped the marketing director of these major companies like their children and they are holding them hostage. I can think of no other explanation. Yeah, no other explanation like inclusivity and trying to stand up for the rights and the protections of a very abused minority, <laughs> a very targeted minority. In response to the backlash, Nike told users to be kind and inclusive while refraining from hate speech, but Donald Jr. clearly didn't take Nike's advice. This podcast, he goes on to claim the small population of trans people have such power before misgendering Mulvaney, calling her a biological male. He said, I haven't heard any stories about marketing directors, children being held hostage. But again, how has one lunatic fringed group that was by our, our own medical institution dubbed mentally ill taken control of every aspect of American culture? Who is their medical institution? Whose own medical institution? What? <laughs> it's very unhinged, but I just love seeing stories like this from the right where the snowflake mentality has just absolutely taken over and they're, they're promoting this paranoia of, oh my God, these people are taken over because powerful organizations are stepping up to look out for them and look out for their rights and to acknowledge their existence. And that somehow is some conspiracy to take over everything. And now the trans people are in control of everything, which is just hilarious. Keeping it in the family, Donald Trump recently did a speech to the NRA where he blamed basically everything else other than guns for the recent gun-related violence that we've been seeing. And of course, threw in there um, a dig at trans people. He said, upon my inauguration, I will direct the FDA to convene and it's going to happen quickly. Of course, because all of this stuff happens very quickly on, on day one, an independent outside panel to investigate whether transgender hormone treatments and ideology increase the risk of extreme depression, aggression, and even violence, he said. And of course, there are countless studies that prove that extreme depression, aggression, and violence decrease when people receive the care that they need for confirming their gender identity. It was just hilarious to see that he blamed everything but the guns for the rise in violence. He, he called on uh, mental health problems and a spiritual problem. This weekend, in the wake of a number of mass shootings in places like Louisville and Nashville, Trump pandered to the gun lobby and again focused his ire on an already marginalized population in a desperate attempt to rile up the base. Uh, 
Um, and that is a quote by Jeff Watrosky, National Campaign Director for the LGBT advocacy group Human Rights Campaign, who had slammed the, quote, anti-equality extremist pol politicians led by Donald Trump. As we said when we talked about the Marjorie Taylor Greene story, that this was going to be a narrative that we're going to be hearing a lot about. We had one person who identified as trans, went and shot up a school, and that was going to be all that they were going to focus on, that transgender violence, the, the violence of the radical left, uh, the woke mafia. Again, this one incident involving a trans person is going to be the proof that they use to claim that um, trans people are the issue here. Despite Trump's claims, this article continues from Pink News. Research has found gender-affirming health care can be life-saving and leads to better mental health outcomes for trans people. In an updated treatment guidelines issued last year, the World Professional Association for Transgender Health, also known as WPATH, said evidence of later regret of accessing gender-affirming health care is scant in trans patients. Indie rock supergroup Boy Genius used their Coachella performance to say F you to Ron DeSantis and to stand up for trans and abortion rights. On Saturday, Phoebe Bridgers, Lucy Dacus, and Julian Baker, the three artists who make up Boy Genius, took to the stage on day two of Coachella, held in California's Colorado desert. Playing the Thin Lizzy hit, The Boys Are Back in Town, as their entrance song, an ongoing gag since they announced their tour, Bridgers, Dacus, and Baker, in matching black suits, wasted no time coming out for trans rights. After introducing the band, Julian Baker, 27, said, I want to say before we keep going, I don't know if you've been checking the news and seeing the tomfoolery that's going on in Florida, Missouri, and so many other places, but trans lives matter, trans kids matter. Phoebe Bridgers has previously shared her story of accessing um, abortion care in a tweet that fans praised for its openness and bravery. On May 3rd of 2022, she tweeted, I went to P Planned Parenthood where they gave me the abortion pill. It was easy. Everyone deserves that kind of access. Bridger's post came just one day after the news leaked that the Supreme Court planned to overturn Roe v. Wade, the landmark protection for abortion care here in the United States. Another person who has been gaining some popularity and has a good a good forum for talking about trans rights is non-binary comedian Molly Kearney of SNL. They came out swinging pretty literally during the weekend update segment with Colin and Michael Che. Since the beginning of the year, hundreds of anti-LGBT bills have been introduced in the, in the U.S. and SNL's Weekend Update co-host Michael Che mentioned that most of these bills directly impact trans youth. Then a disembodied voice announced the introduction of SNL's first non-binary cast member, Molly Kearney was lowered from the ceiling via ropes and a harness. They said that uh, <laughs> this harness is pretty tight and my groin area is beefed. Uh, I have been hung up on my genitals for far too long and I'm starting to feel like a frequent, freaking Republican lawyer. They slammed states that have passed sweeping legislation that targets gender affirming healthcare for trans kids with many bills outright banning or severely restricting the life-saving treatments. They said, listen to them, Michael, restricting healthcare for kids. For some reason, there's something about the word trans that makes people forget about the word kids. They said, if you don't care about trans kids' lives, that means you don't freaking care about kids' lives. People need to wake up because trans kids are being forced to grow up way too fast when they should be kept safe and lifted up. On cue, <laughs> Kearney was promptly lifted back up into the SNL sky as they flew across the frame 
they directed part of their passionate speech towards trans kids who are scared in the wake of the hateful legislation. What's happening, kids, is wrong and you don't need to be scared. Our job is to protect you and your job is to focus on being a kid. Molly continued, it's kind of like me flying in the SNL sky. There's a bunch of dudes asking you about your crotch, controlling when and where you're allowed to pee. But if you just hang on, you'll look up and realize you're flying, kid. Democratic movement politician and the youngest serving minister, Sarah L. Harry, she revealed that she is queer and currently dating someone. In an interview with Forbes, she responded to the question by saying that she only ever reads Twitter when it affects her, her family or her girlfriend. Casual mention of her partner cemented her in the history books, becoming the first female minister in France to identify as queer. Since being appointed youth secretary of state, the country's youngest government minister has been outspoken regarding both women's and LGBTQ rights. She has previously called out discrimination against LGBT groups in France, saying that promoting LGBTQ plus rights is a daily fight. Forbes described, described the announcement as discreet, um, and it came shortly after a similar reveal from former National Assembly of France member Olivier Dussopt. In an interview with French magazine Tattoo on March 24th, Dussopt said, I'm sure that's pronounced Dussault, by the way, said that his sexuality was neither a secret nor a subject while condemning homo homophobic attacks in France. Being homosexual is never neutral, he said during the interview, but one has the right to defend causes, to militate, to participate in the debate without making one's personal situation a political element in itself. Let's move on to um, to Africa, where a climber's pride flag was torn down from the summit of Mount Kenya. So he's vowed to um, go back up there again and replace the flag. According to Kenyan news website Tuko, the flag was removed by elders who scaled the mountain and removed it before burning it in early in April of 2023. Kikuyu elders were then said to have followed the burning of the flag with cleansing rituals, including throwing ashes from the burnt flag into the river that flows to the Indian Ocean. But alongside the few positive comments many users took to slamming the hopeful activist for his want of equality in Kenya, multiple users said putting a pro-LGBT flag at the summit was an act of arrogance and disrespect toward the elders that see the mountain as a sacred place. Another user said if the flag was, is put back up, it will swiftly be removed again. Kenya does not recognize any kind of same-sex relationships, and there are no protections for LGBTQ plus people on the basis of sexual orientation or gender identity. Despite the overt challenges for LGBTQ plus people in the country, a recent win for gay rights saw Kenya's Supreme Court has ruled in favor of LGBTQ plus rights groups that have been fighting for official status for a decade. Mount Kenya is the highest mountain in Kenya and the second highest in Africa after Kilimanjaro. A bunch of dudes are having a big sad on TikTok because of trans beer. The funny thing that I found in looking at this is there's there's a ton of people from Marjorie Taylor Greene to Kid Rock um, posting on social media, pouring out Bud Light. Kid Rock actually took an assault rifle to a couple 24 packs of Bud Light. Um, and, you know, lots of people are claiming F Bud Light. Apparently Marjorie Taylor Greene actually took part in a, a video that said that's F-O-C-K Bud Light. They all claim that they're switching to Coors Light. And why that is just deliciously ironic is that both Anheuser-Busch and Molson Coors, the company that brews Coors Light beer and the, you know, Anheuser-Busch, the one that 
Brews Bud Light are certified by HRC as top as the, the best companies to work for for LGBTQ equality. So they're you, taking this stance against Bud Light to switch over to Coors Light. Um, Coors Light has seen a bump in their stock because of this. I think it was nine percent, and it's just hilarious because they're they're going from an LGBT supportive company to an LGBT supportive company, as is confirmed by Human Rights Council itself. So um, nice try, trolls. Uh, many angry trolls have since posted videos on social media in which they position themselves as warriors for the cause by valiantly pouring Bud Light down the sink and declaring their allegiance to other brands. Um, people have been seen, uh, you know, driving their, their truck over beer cans. This is all over, of course. Dylan Mulvaney's post about her 365 days of girlhood where she received a, a can from Bud Light with her face on it and thus um, did two sponsored posts on TikToks where she was enjoying drinking the beer and promoting Bud Light. I also love, of course, the irony of taking beer that you have purchased for yourself and pouring it down the drain. So you've already supported the company and it's just wonderful. It's just wonderful. One of the things that we've seen from this as the in the backlash is that the Budweiser factory in Van Nuys um, received a bomb threat that closed down the factory for a while. One employee of Anheuser-Busch InBev, which owns Budweiser, said that the company's facilities across the country have been getting bomb threats in the wake of conservative anger over an Instagram video from two weeks ago. The bomb threat in Van Nuys was emailed on Thursday morning, according to, according to LAPD Lieutenant Leticia Ruiz. There was a search that was conducted on the premises, but there was nothing identified as a threat adding that uh, an LA bomb squad had been dispatched to the location. We did assist in clearing the perimeter of the building. So they did shut it down for a, a period and people had to evacuate while they conducted this sweep to find out if there was any validity to this threat. The patch reports that an unnamed employee of Anheuser-Busch confirmed that other facilities were getting bomb threats as well. The source didn't say which factories are getting threats. The corporation though, isn't commenting on the matter. The bomb threats come two weeks after the Dylan Mulvaney Instagram and TikTok posts. Republicans have been tripping over themselves to denounce Bud Light. Senator Marco Rubio said on Sean Hannity's Fox News show last week that the U.S. allies will abandon the country because of the Mulvaney video. Interesting. <laughs> wow, more, more wonderful paranoia. Uh, Representative Dan Crenshaw, Republican from Texas, posted a video to social media announcing his boycott of Bud Light only to get made fun of for showing his refrigerator full of other beers sold by Anheuser-Busch, of course. Fox News pundit and failed gubernatorial candidate, Caitlyn Jenner, accused Mulvaney of trying to erase women for the, the Nike partnership. So just all kinds of great people coming out in all kinds of great ways to make a stand against a, an LGBT uh, supportive beer. Wonderful news here out of the Cook Islands as they have decriminalized homosexuality. With the Crimes Amendment Bill, the group of 15 islands located in the South Pacific has rescinded a section of its Crimes Act of 1969 that said, men who have sex with men could be jailed for up to five years and anyone hosting the acts on their property could be jailed for up to 10 years. The law has reportedly never been enforced, but its removal has nonetheless been lauded as a landmark moment for the islands, one that was supported by all major parties. Carla Egerton, president of Pride Cook Islands, called the amendment massive. 
We are so grateful for all the people and all the organizations throughout our community who have been working tirelessly to make this happen. Egerton told New Zealand Radio, this is big. And I think the message that we want to tell people is hug your friend, hug your neighbor, hug your niece, hug your daughter, because now we are truly equal. Prime Minister Mark Brown tweeted, a historical day in parliament as my party has fulfilled its pledge to stomp out discrimination of LGBT community in our society and uphold our constitutional commitments to human rights. Brown also told parliament, we are people of love and respect. Today, we are doing our job as lawmakers. We removed a discriminatory and unjust law that goes against our constitution and our values as a nation. We are doing what is right and what is just. We are protecting our people. That is what we have done today. And in our last story of the day, it's sort of a, an up and a down. For the World Pride celebration in Sydney, Australia, the Pitt Street Uniting Church had painted their stairs, the stairway into the church in rainbow colors. On February 24th, someone recorded and posted a video to social media of a man walking up to church volunteers who were painting the steps. Um, he asked them, is this Christian? What are y'all doing? Is God for this? The woman in the video smiled and calmly answered, absolutely, God is for love, for welcome, for hospitality. God is very hospitable towards this. The man then asked where in the Bible God expresses support for same-sex marriage, adding, God is love? Of course he is, but he's holy too. The man continued, you believe God is holy, you believe he's got commandments, and, um, and do you believe we should obey them? Because God says, if you love me, keep my commandments, but love is not at the expense of truth, is it? Question mark. This is an abomination to God. Do, do you read the Bible? Do you read your Bible? The woman repeated in response to this gentleman that God supports love and then said, I don't think these are Christian questions you are asking before saying that she needed to continue painting the steps. The man literally growled at her and told viewers loud enough for the woman to hear, she's disgusting, you need to repent. He then continued, a Christian is a Christ follower. You're not really, really following Christ, which is just so ironic. Without Christ, you're going to a devil's hell. Did you know that? You're being deceived, man, and I don't want to be deceived. I'm worried for your soul. Clearly, he's, he's concerned about her because he's showing a great deal of compassion and concern. Do you know what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah? He, he concludes. As he left, the camera scanned the stairs and um, he said again, this is not Christian, this is an abomination and God is going to judge those people. It's wrong, it's wrong. <laughs> what happened later though was the unfortunate thing. Um, later in the night, two unknown vandals recorded their visit to the church. One poured gray paint on the steps and spread it with a paint roller. One vandal said, F the LGBT. Soon after, Charlie Bakos, a man who runs the Facebook page, Christian Lives Matter, reposted the video his post said the vandals were superheroes who were adding their artistic touches to the church steps. What a trash can human. Though the Sydney City Police Area Command is investigating the people behind the two videos, Facebook has previously removed content from the Christian Lives Matter Facebook group for violating the social network's hate speech policies. Where this gets to circle around to being a good story, the morning after the vandalism, February 25th, the church quickly repainted the steps and then posted photos of them on Twitter. Church members then marched in the World Pride Parade later that day under a banner that said, Rainbow Christians Together. Hate is never acceptable, Uniting Church Representative Reverend Sharon Hollis said in, the, in a Facebook statement. A place of worship is a sacred space where all people should feel welcome and safe. I stand against these acts of van vandalism and 
verbal attacks on church members. We send our prayers and solidarity to Pitt Street Uniting Church in Sydney and to all LGBTQIA plus people of faith and their allies. Pitt Street Uniting Church's Reverend Dr. Josephine Inkpin said, such an attack is sad, but not surprising and part of a range of harassment Pitt Street Uniting Church and fellow affirming Christians are enduring. We have met such opposition for years on our stand for various aspects of justice and the quick renewal of the rainbow is part of our strength and determination, she continued. We pray, however, that others may now see the need for more affirmative action in both church and the world. An estimated 500,000 people participated in the World Pride events and nearly 300 Pride attendees attended the church's February 21st Pancake Breakfast event. The church also regularly holds interfaith events and intercultural events for trans people and people of color. For Kari Aiden the Booth, I'm Emily Michelle, wishing you good night and good news. Thank you for listening to this episode of Transverse News. Be sure to check out our other podcast, The Transgender Show, an interview program about self-discovery and acceptance.